0: Hey, I'm Kyle.
1: I'm Dave.
0: And I'm Brad. And you're listening to So What Podcast from Theology in the Middle. Hey, we've been talking and wondering whether or not hobbies, so the activities we like to do in our spare time just for pure enjoyment, if they can be holy, is God upset? Is He okay when we invest time and money and efforts? Uh, to participate in activities that just bring us joy, that that bring us happiness? I mean, should we feel guilty, um, you know, by booking a charter to go deep sea fishing or for uh, buying an expensive tent to go camping? Can hobbies be holy? What do you think?
1: I think hobbies can be holy. I mean, Palm Sunday, we kind of make crosses out of the the leaves and i think you can paint crosses and i think you can catch fish and open their mouths and look for money to pay someone's taxes i think in that (laughs) sense hobbies can be holy only when done with spiritual vision
2: yeah like a shoemaker making the best (laughs) shoes and putting little crosses on them
1: yeah they're if you make the best shoes that's vanity that's just chasing the wind put a cross on it holy hobby so we've already kind of addressed this issue a little bit, didn't we?
0: And I can't remember which uh, episode it was that we talked about, but we were talking about collapsing the sacred and the secular in on each other, that, that there shouldn't really be a difference between what we do in, with, you know, quote-unquote, earthly activities compared to heavenly activities. And what we do on Sunday is completely different from what we do on Monday and, and all that. Uh, so that's not what we mean. <laughs> we're asking, can, can hobbies be holy? Um what we're asking is, uh, I enjoy being outdoors. Uh, I enjoy woodworking. The time that I'm setting aside, uh, I could be reading my Bible or I, I could be going on a mission trip or something like that. Is God upset when I do those things? Or is he okay with it? Or Would he even encourage it?
2: Yeah, I think I, I understand what you're saying. I, I mean, um, all joking aside, when it comes to my hobbies, I usually feel this internal struggle, uh, over the expenditures, uh, fu- that I've made financially, you know, I've spent money here instead of other places. I've spent my time here instead of in other things. And I'm spending my energy here rather than other things. And, um, I know, you know, I, I, there was a time in my life where I was golfing a lot and I f- wouldn't be out of the golf course and really enjoying it and, you know, finding, sense of release from the stress of life. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, wait, I know my wife is going to be mad when I get home because I've been out here longer than I said I was going to be. And, uh, you know, in that sense, I think I was maybe virgin on dangerous territory. And, uh, you know, I think in those cases, what we tend to find is that our hobbies can become idols. Mm. Things that... um, you know, take our attention and our devotion away from God. And in that sense, I think we should be careful with our hobbies. But if we could find a way around that, I'd like it. I'd like some permission to go play golf again, if anyone can help me with that.
1: (laughs) Gosh, I have a bunch of thoughts and they're all kind of jumbled together. So let's see if we can get them out to see if they make sense. I don't really have a chapter and verse that says uh, thou shall glitter often, but only during the month of Nisan, you know, and I don't think we really need a chapter in verse. I think the Bible assumes that we're going to live life. Mm. And the reality that evil is parasitic. Evil is just a perversion of a good thing. Lust is evil latching onto the good gift of sex, right? Gluttony is evil latching onto the good gift of feasting. And so like, Can our hobbies be holy? Yes, of course, but like anything, Brad's I think highlighting the reality that they can be both Holy or profane Uh, and and It's not even necessarily the content Of what you're doing, although some can have um, Unholy um, Hobbies, to be sure But I mean uh, They can become profane and Unholy when they cause you to worship yourself or have vanity is playing golf, a godly thing. I don't know. Are you thinking I'm the best golfer in the world and all others should bow to me and I don't care about my wife and kids. You probably shouldn't be golfing right now. You know, there are other things at play, but I think you will have those same issues when you go to work or when you clean the house, it's a character issue and it's not the golf in and of itself. Uh, But while I don't have a chapter and verse that says like thou shalt hobby, I, kind of have a verse that says like, why not? And I just, I go to it a lot and maybe I shouldn't and don't context police me because I don't want it to understand it any differently than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but in De- Deuteronomy 14, there's all these like um, instructions and prescriptions for how to give, how to give to the Lord and what to do when and, and how to do this. And and then at the end of it, it says, after you've done all this, uh, this is Deuteronomy fourteen twenty six, spend the money for whatever you desire oxen or sheep or wine or strong drink or whatever your appetite craves. And you shall eat that before the Lord, your God and rejoice you and your household. And I think it's this permission. Like, did you do your duties of fidelity and piety and faithfulness? Have you shirked your responsibilities? If you've done them all go do whatever you want. I don't know. Within reason, of course.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge permissive statement. And I mean, But is there a way to say that? I mean, Paul says in Colossians 3, whatever you do, do with all your heart as working for the Lord. If you find yourself golfing a lot, should you want to improve in that? I mean, anybody who's seen my short game knows that I was never in the running for being the world's greatest golfer and deserving all the admiration and praise that you described. But I did want to get better at it. That's why I went. It's like, you know, when I slice a drive, I'm thinking in my head like, oh, what did I do with my hand there that maybe next time I could avoid so that I could keep it down the middle? you know, I, I kind of want to, and I know you're, you like to fish and hunt and I'm sure like you want to improve in your fishing and hunting. So I don't know. There's like, I just feel this tension here with the hobby thing that, you know, I think, um, whether or not a hobby is,
0: you know, God's pleased that you're participating in that hobby or or not in you, you referenced Colossians three in 17, um, Paul says, whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord. Doing what? Giving thanks to God the Father through him. So there's a, this aspect of worship or thanksgiving. Um, so one of the questions we could ask in our, in our activities is, when you are about to, you know, participate in this hobby or this activity or whatever it is, uh, can you in good conscience give thanks to God for doing it? So that's talking about what you're doing. And... Can you imagine God in return saying, you're welcome for what you're doing, right? So if if you were you know, convicted about spending too much time away from family and you're on the golf course for the fourth time this week, and you, you look up to the heavens and you say, God, thank you so much for this golf, this gift of golfing. Uh, will he turn around and say, I didn't give that to you? <laughs> this isn't actually, kidding. this isn't a gift I've given to you. That's probably, you know, the the difference. Um, this is actually a gift from God
2: that he's given you to enjoy. So you're telling me if I can go to the golf course and say, Lord, thank you for this day to play golf. And I can feel, and I mean, I'm not trying to pin you down on feelings. I'm just saying if I have the sense that hey, I I know that, that this is something that I can do and honor God with, then my hobby's holy. Well, you you said it feel
0: and know, and I think this ties back to the what what Dave is talking about. Uh, those provisions of the law were not just economic; it was also moral. So, uh, if if you are in right standing, um, God has created a day in which we're supposed to Sabbath, and by modeling that. Uh, we we're we understand that there's a rhythm to life where there are times where there is an expectation that we work and there's a time and an expectation for us to rest. And I think for a lot of people, hobbies are where they find rest. If you're resting too much, six days of the week and working one, that's a problem, right?
1: I, yeah, I think we're highlighting one of the facets of recreation and leisure is Sabbath. And I think there's also uh, the functional side of recreation and leisure, one I like to remind my wife a lot about is there are multiple instances in the gospels where the disciples are going fishing and they get skunked. And then Jesus tells them to cast their nets on the other side of the boat and they catch a ton of fish. And how do they respond from going skunk to getting a lot of fish? They recognize the glory of God in Christ. Ooh, and so yeah. there's something spiritual about fishing guys. I'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> a good day on a water kind of gets my heart singing and I'm in a better spirit. And, but all joking aside, I will say uh, th- there is a way to invite others into what you do. Um, there was a guy that um, I was kind of asked to spend some time with and Uh, we just started fishing together. We were fly fishing and we talked about nothing but fishing. The first two times we went, walked the river, cast, caught some fish, chased some fish together, good times. And then the third time we went in the car, he kind of mentioned something about not satisfying my job or I'm having trouble at home. And we talked about it for 10 minutes. And anyways, he became my fishing buddy. And I remember, um, after about six months of spending time with him, his wife came to me, they were a part of our church and she said, uh, his hobbies ha- have been a constant kind of pressure point on our marriage. But I gave him as much permission as he wants to go fishing with you because he comes back different. Um, he talks to me mm. different. He interacts with the kids different. And I I don't know what you guys talk about, what you're doing. He's just different. And I'm not saying, uh, in no way am I patting myself on the back. Gosh, don't spend time with me. I'm the worst. What I am saying is something was happening. In, in recreating, uh, we still engaged in spiritual Uh, conversations in ways that I don't think he would have across the table from Starbucks. You know, uh, I I don't know.
0: Yeah. I I think this, this speaks to the fact that the hobby can be a mission, um, that it can offer you an opportunity to demonstrate and teach the gospel with hobbies. Not that the hobby is, you know, the, the mission, but that alongside um, what you're doing, God, even, even if you're unaware with it, unaware of what's happening, God can, can, I can't even say redeem it. It's not like he's redeeming your wasted time in the hobby. He's present with you. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in with his presence, he's using a, a good thing, which might seem like a waste of time, um, to bring about his good purposes. So what, what I don't want us to think is that if you're going to have a hobby, you have to make it Jesus-fied. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm only going to take up um, road cycling so that I can join a road cycling group and then every single time share the gospel explicitly with every single individual and I'll have their names on a list. And once I go through the list, I'll move on to the next hobby. You know, that's Mm. that's it just seems disingenuous. You won't enjoy the hobby and the people will think it's weird, right? But if you share passions with other human beings um, and you spend time Enjoying those passions together. Uh, as a Christian, people will notice there's something different about you. And the Holy Spirit uses that to open up those opportunities for conversations.
1: I think we're so afraid to be the two healthy 50 somethings, you know, wasting our lives collecting seashells on a beach, that I think some of us are, are, are so afraid to even find the beauty in a sand dollar. You know, <laughs> we, we kind of have these double thoughts of like, I like that. Should I like that? What's wrong with liking that? <laughs> and I would just say, uh, gosh, The Holy Spirit was sent in the world to convict us of sin and the enemy is an accuser. And so there's this thin line between, are you experiencing the conviction of the Holy Spirit calling you to obedience, something else that you're neglecting, or are you just wasting time with guilt and shame and you're missing out on enjoying a good gift that God gave you? And if you want a hard and fast rule to answer that question, I I, I don't have it for you. I will say collecting sins is not a sin, but collecting sins... Can be a sin. But I say that about your work. I can say that about your walk. I can say that about owning a dog. I can say that about having children. Gosh, I mean, children can become an idol to parents. It, everything has the opportunity. Um, I said recently in a sermon that. Um, every temptation is an opportunity for obedience. I mean, everything can be a test from the Lord to obey, to push forward into His glory, and, and exercise your faithfulness. Or an opportunity to self-indulge and walk into temptation and sin. It's how are you responding to the thing, and it's not the thing itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I think one of the I so my my hobbies are hiking, kayaking, wood carving. I like to do those things a lot. Um, I'm hiking less uh, since we have a 11-month-old at the house. Uh, for some reason, my wife doesn't want me to pack away into the woods for two or three days at a time. <laughs> uh, but I still
2: do. You should good. try golfing. <laughs> okay.
0: I'm, I'm a terrible golfer. Terrible golfer. Um, great at putt-butt golfing. Uh, but I'm still able to go out kayaking. I'm still able to carve wood at home. And those things for me are rejuvenating uh, brings me a sense of calm clarity um i don't take my cell phone with me so i'm not distracted and it's a they're true senses of of sabbath and i don't want to like over spiritualize hobbies but i do think in those moments if you give the lord the time he teaches you so much in those moments what have you guys been kayaking in the Gulf or in a larger body of water than like a lake or a river?
1: Yes, it's terrifying.
0: It's terrifying. It's, it's absolutely terrifying. I go down to the Gulf uh, of Mexico and I take a 14 and a half foot touring kayak with a, with a skirt. So I'm not going out in like a, a little something I bought from Walmart or something. But, but even then, uh, man, you, you are just not in control when you're in that water. You have to discover the way the water is moving. You have to you think about the wind and think about the tide. And it, there's a sense of danger that comes with the sense of calm that you feel in that water. And every time I go out there, it, it reminds me of my smallness and God's vastness. And how I'm not the one in control. That my safety and happiness can only be found by positioning myself in the way that the sea is going or the way that God's will is going. Um, It's not something that I get down there and I get on my hands and knees before I pull my kayak off the top of my car and I say, God, teach me a lesson today. Use the water. Uh, This is essentially church service for me. Um, But there, there are these gentle reminders and instruction that God uses in ordinary things like, a big body of water and the smallness of you in a kayak uh, that teaches you a little bit about him and about you, your relationship. What does Calvin say? Know God, and know yourself. Two most important yeah. things in life.
1: It's funny, just even listening to the three of us, I think we're all kind of talking to different people and maybe we're all just talking to ourselves and the things that we need to hear. And for me, I, I know that... Uh, Take Adam and Eve in a world full of yeses You can eat from anything You can, you have know, full dominion over the earth They just caught the one no And I see it now with, with Sabbatarians You know, that it's part of the Honoring Sabbath, it's part of the Mosaic Law That still continues in the New Covenant So that you have to honor Sabbath And uh, they spend most of their time talking about what you can do You can't do this, you can't do that And so I think that's where I'm coming from When it comes to hobbies is uh, who who said this? Who said this? I can't remember the quote uh, for attribution, but it it was something the effect of like. Um only a sinful people can hear their God, give them the gift of rest and then make it feel like an oppressive gift. I have to rest. Mm. I can't work. I can't, you know, and, and I think that can even be the mentality we bring into hobbies and recreation mm. that we have these moments, these moments of Sabbath, these moments of just cause cause I enjoy it and it brings me joy and I can receive it as a gift. It doesn't have to be holy. I don't have to, you know, um, paddle my kayak in the shape of a cross, uh, (laughs) I can just enjoy it that I think we can get caught in spiritual navel gazing, you know, and start kind of auditing ourselves. Now, some need to hear that. Others need to hear, get off the golf course, love your wife, be a faithful church member, you know? And so it's, it's difficult preaching a narrow middle road when we're so prone to fall in ditches on either side. But I, I do think there is a middle road.
2: Well, to me i mean i as we're talking through this, I'm thinking, and um, you know what a strange time to be alive because the way we're talking about hobbies i mean, how long have has a society have we had the flexibility to enjoy fishing as a hobby and not as subsistence, yeah, right, you know, and kayaking is uh, you know more than just a mode of transportation mm-hmm. and i mean it's kind of like it's nice you know given <laughs> the alternatives
1: joke? what's that joke? i like running and the other guy says from what you
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> given the alternatives i love living in a world with hobbies yeah you know and i mean that that my time is not taken up with hunting and gathering and surviving and that You know, God's given me the opportunity to pursue things that give me joy. Um, You know, that's a really cool thing. But even for those people that had to, you know,
0: put forth all the effort to chop a tree down, you know, carve it out, turn it into a kayak, then go fishing, have two days where they don't catch anything and they get to the brink of starvation, they finally catch something, you know there's not as much for them. That was not a leisure thing. That was a hard work that they had to do, but there is a similarity between people that had to fish for subsistence and for people who fish for joy. And that is both of those activities are worship or at least they can be right. So you can be fishing because you need to pay the bills. And that's a form of worship because you're doing what Paul tells you, whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. You're bought with a price, glorify your body with him. But if you're not doing it, it's the same thing applies. Are you bringing glory to God in, in what you're doing? Uh, my wife's grandfather um, is, a, is a master woodworker. He makes these uh, incredible indigenous American flutes, like the Native American flutes. And, uh, and he, he plays the flutes really, really well. I was having a conversation with him a couple of years ago in his workshop in Oregon, and um, we were talking about Hobbies and work because he he keeps some of the flutes that he makes, but he sells others at shows and he makes good good money off of them. And so um, this is kind of when it clicked for me that what he does if he's doing it for money, what he does if he's doing it just for fun is is worship. And we started talking about worshiping, and and he he came to this conclusion. He said, "I, I get I get to worship God twice: once when I craft the flute, and then once again when I play it." Uh, and and he he and then again, when he, when he sells those, it it all kind of like collapsed in on itself, right? Everything that he was doing, um, was, isn't, isn't, I don't want to say, it's not like it's neutral, right? We're, we're either glorifying God in the things that we're doing or we're not. Um, does that make sense?
1: It does. So I live in a mountain town and, um, the population of the town is 2000 people, but, we have over a million and a half uh, guests a year in this town because there's a lot to do with regard to recreation. And there's mountain biking, there's hiking, there's fishing, there's kayaking, there's paddleboarding. there's, I mean, you name it, you can do it outdoors here. And so before I came out to this church, I was talking to some of the elders, and I said, you know, what's the spiritual climate? And they said, there's a lot of worshipers, uh, just not many of them are worshiping. I think it was, it was phrased something like, many are worshiping... Um, The creation rather than the God of creation, Mm -hmm. you know, and I got that and I've experienced that since I've been here uh, now for the last year. But I think my thought was and still is not that I need to get these people off of the crest of the mountain. Or off the river and into the church, kneeling at a pew. But just kind of like, hey, I found out what your idol is, and you we found your uh, idol to the unknown god. And the, <laughs> I'm not sure you need to do anything different necessarily. So much as look up, you know, you mm. can still enjoy mountain biking. There's a reason you enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason you enjoy hiking and and, and doing these things. Uh, let me tell you why, uh, and, and kind of take the same line of Paul at the Areopagus. I like That's really it really good.
0: Yeah. I like it. So uh, let's ask the question again. Can hobbies be holy?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think we've said that, you know, if it's something that you enjoy and you can, in a good conscience, give thanks to God for it, then, yeah, do it.